Next on BYU Sports Nation, the value of independence for BYU football. How long do you want the Cougars to stay on the independent train? And is independence working? Team USA Volleyball coach John Sparad tells us why he has five former Cougars on his team as players or coaches and previews the World League final next week. Plus, Vegas Insider has released lines for five prominent BYU football games. When will the Cougars play as an underdog? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans, including you, and everywhere. Wherever and however you're dialed in on Tuesday, June 27th, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Photoshop rookie Jerem Jordan. That is definitely the case. I don't really know Photoshop that well. I should probably learn it. These are conversations from 2005. Oh, all right. (laughs) Speaking of Photoshop, Mm -hmm. an expert Uh, Photoshop job done for the BYU basketball media media guide last night that we received hanging out with Mark Durant. Okay, so there's uh, a party for the BYU basketball broadcast team. Typically, it was like the KSL guys, right? At Mark Durant's house, longtime analyst, Gregor Bell's there. Statistician Ralph Sokolowski, Doug Martin, all all the guys, right? Jason Shepard, Cleon Wall, Randolph Fairbairn. Did I miss anybody? Russ I, Larson. And Russ Larson. So we got the invite to this party, which was so awesome. Mark Durant's house, by the way. Woo! Awesome. Party house. We had so much fun. Uh, so Mark Durant made this BYU media media guide. Does that make sense? <laughs> so it was just mocking everyone, which was fantastic. <laughs> really, really well written. <laughs> Great to be a part of that. That was a ton of fun last night. The Photoshop. Uh, we, so then we, we reenacted we this reenacted photo. We reenacted the had BYU photo. Yeah. That his son Jordan had Photoshop. Yes. Yeah. In fact, Great if name. you want to see that, uh, you can check out at uh, Jerem Jordan and at Spencer underscore Linton. Greg Bell tweeted it out. Greg yeah. Bell yeah. also tweeted it out. Did I mention that, that Greg was night? there? I think, yeah, Greg was there. Forgot to mention that. Pretty funny stuff. Hey, let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Vegas Insider releases lines for five different BYU football games this season. Oh, here we go. Here we go. BYU listed a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. That's a lot. Against LSU. 13-and-a-half? That's a big number. What else you got? Wow. BYU lost four games by a combined eight points last year. They bring back essentially the same defense. That was last year's team. I know. But 13-and-a-half? Big number. Wow. Okay. What else? BYU three-point favorite against Utah. Okay. Home game. Which seems fair because generally home field is worth about three points, right? If all things are equal. And all things are never equal. BYU is a ten-point underdog at home against Wisconsin. Fair. Five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Boise State. Okay, favorite. BYU's won two in a row versus the Broncos. And 14-and-a-half. Yeah, at home. At UNLV, the Cougars are a favorite. That's a big number. Okay, interesting. Interesting. College football news, the home of college football news, projects BYU football will play New Mexico in the Arizona Bowl. Ah, that conversation led by Pete Futak, who said some other interesting things in regard to BYU football and their current state of independence. We'll get into that in just a bit. Former BYU baseball player Jacob Brugman plays tonight with the Oakland A's. 
They take on Jerem's hated Houston Astros. Eight Eastern. The I A's don't hate them. I respect them. Have won three games in a row. Like Vince Vaughn at the end of uh, his character at the end of Anchorman with Wilfer. What does Ron he Burgundy. say, though? What does he say in that moment? Gosh, dang it, I hate you, Ron Burgundy, but I respect you. So, so they, are ha- they are hated, but you respect but them. But I do respect them because they're like 13 <laughs> and a half games ahead. Yeah. And Brendan Lund went two for five with a run and an RBI yesterday in an Inland Empire 66ers loss to the Lancaster Jethawks. That's an awesome mascot. Ah! And Maverick ah! Buffalo, yep, pitched one inning yesterday in his professional debut, striking out two for the Blue Jays Gulf Coast League Team in a loss to the GCL Tigers West. Maverick Buffalo. They'll sound made up. Professional baseball. The Jet Hawks. Yes, it has your hawk. Not only it's not good enough for a hawk to be fast, but it's like an airplane. (laughs) Do your bird sound again. No, just play it. Ah! There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Here they come. Oh my goodness. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. This is our Independence Day year. Uh, Seven years, and it seems like it will be at least a few more years of independence for BYU football with the ESPN contract extension announced on Media Day. The current contract now carries BYU and ESPN as broadcast buddies through the end of the 2019 season. So all is well in that relationship, according to BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo, right? Which is great. I talked about this. The most powerful entity in collegiate athletics is ESPN. It's great to be friends with them. As we discussed yesterday... It's a fantastic business model for both sides. ESPN can get BYU for relatively cheap, and BYU provides good ratings and a lot of eyeballs. It's a solid product for the money. Relatively cheap because it's a single entity as opposed to this, you know, hundreds of millions, billions. Oh, yeah. With a a conference. BYU's still getting good coin. Better than being in a group of five conference or being with ESPN. No question. All is well for ESPN. And it seems like things are pretty good for BYU, but is all well for BYU as an independent? That is where we are seeking your opinion today. We are going to tackle this BYU football as an independent conversation in a brand new way today, starting with our Twitter question. Like Butch Powell, we'll uh, we'll laugh after too. How long do you want BYU to be an independent college football team? How long do you want them to be uh, in Indy? Use hashtag BYUSN at Alamo Coog. Until a Power 5 conference comes begging. I don't know that a conference will come begging. That's like the single guy that is waiting for the hot girl to come (laughs) begging to be married. Uh, Is BYU ancient Israel wandering in the wilderness as an independent? I have to ask this question. Waiting to get to the promised land of Power 5? I don't don't know. I I think BYU is doing the best they can at this time, but obviously Power 5 is the goal. And I remember a few years ago we asked the question, would you take football only? Or a full inclusion? Like, would you take football only? I think we've most people have come to the football only part. Priorities have changed. Yes. The landscape desperation of has increased. has changed. Yes. And yes. the desperation factor absolutely is in play. I don't feel like BYU is desperate, but I am. I'm desperate as uh, a pursuer of Power 5 for BYU. I, want, I think that's the most important decision that could ever happen to BYU. The school, sports, academics, everything is getting into a power five because it changes the books. Yes, and, le- and let's clarify. Status this is all based on opinion. 
like you said, BYU yeah. is not in a desperate place right now. Just look at the facilities upgrade. Yeah, I wouldn't, you're, you're right. I wouldn't say BYU is desperate. I'm desperate for BYU to get into a Power 5. And we feel that way as fans. Comes. Like That's what fans do, right? We feel these strong emotions about things. Well, humans feel strong emotions about things, whether you're a fan or not, right? I'm not a robot. ESPN.com put out an article reminding us, and this is your yearly reminder, that 2023 is the next possible year for conference expansion. Anyone that says otherwise doesn't understand how the TV contracts work. That's how it works. If conference expansion happens, the next year is 2023. So I think, how long do you want BYU to be an independent? My answer to the question is, until 2023. I want there to be a wave of expansion. I want BYU to be involved. Until it makes sense for BYU to be invited into a conference, and it seems like it will only make sense in 2023, right before the TV contracts come up in 2024, then yes, that seems like the suitable and logical answer. So I'm right there with you. Just do your thing in independence. Keep uh, getting prettied up for the rest of college football until somebody invites you on a date to a Power 5 conference. That's, that's how it works. And 2023 is the designated year. As you mentioned, ESPN just released an article. Very interesting things, and BYU specifically mentioned in that article, as one of the most attractive candidates for expansion. As a right? football-only possible this candidate. Is nothing new. This is, this yeah. is nothing new. Yeah. But there are people that get impatient that don't want to wait until 2023. And I'm looking at you, several BYU fans. You have no choice. What's the point of getting impatient? Well, they have a choice to answer today's Twitter question, which is how long do you want BYU to be an independent? Use the hashtag BYUSN. I want to reference something from Pete Futak, a guy that writes for College Football News and is a major contributor for USA Today Sports. He said yesterday in an article that I tweeted out, that independence is working for now. We'll discuss that in detail in about 25 or 30 minutes. Is independence working? And if so, what does working entail? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah, therein lies the question, right? I have, I have a lot of thoughts about that. It might bleed into tomorrow's show. I don't know. we got a lot to say. Much to discuss in terms of where BYU football stands in the landscape of college football, including what another national writer said about BYU, placing them in one of four classifications, an article that came out a little while ago. We will discuss all of that. But let's not overlook the fact that as of yesterday, Jerem, BYU football was exactly two months away from an actual game. And now we are one day closer. Countdown to the Viking. 60 days. That's a weird syncopate. 60 days. Is that a triplet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It is not a it triplet. It's not a triplet. But we just make it work. Yeah. Like most <laughs> of the content on this show. 60 days before BYU begins year seven of independence in major college hey, football. This is perfection, uh, complete kind of ideas there in Hebrew, right? Seven. Mm. This is the year. Lucky seven. Unfortunately, the schedule's too tough for that. (laughs) (laughs) How long do you want BYU to be an independent college football team? At True Blue, no use. Says, yep, seven to eight years independence. I'd say 98% of the fan base prefers staying independent versus a group of five conference, always awaiting a Power Five invite. Coming up, we'll go between the lines. Lauren has lunch. 
with a BYU All-American. But first, we hear from John Spira, head coach of USA Men's Volleyball. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Whenever you feel like talking with us, use the hashtag BYUSN. And of course, you can always go to YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports. We have all of our interviews archived there. If you don't want to download the entire podcast or on the DVR, the apps, or whatever, you can always go to YouTube.com slash Sports. The head coach of USA Men's Volleyball and the United States National Team, national champion player and coach as well, and one of the most likable people on the face of the planet, John Spira with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Hey, what are your plans for the 4th of July, man? Um, I'm uh, going to be playing some volleyball down in Brazil and representing the U.S. Yeah, That's what we're be doing. Yeah, we're excited about it. Uh, we're in the middle of what's called World League. It's uh, the, one of the main international tournaments uh, that goes on every summer. And uh, this this time around, we've uh, put out a, a young group with a lot of your guys, and uh, they've done really well. And so we were we we're pretty excited to make what's called the World League Finals, which is the playoffs after the preliminary round. So that's where the finals are being held. You play France, it looks like, on July 4th. We'll break down kind of Team USA in a, in a second. But, yeah, we, we wanted to have you on because you have five BYU, either players or coaches, on your staff. Three players, <laughs> Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, Jake Langlois. And then, of course, Mike Wall, who's been with you for a while now. And Rob Nielsen right. was added. What, why do you have five Cougars involved with Team USA in this uh, World League competition? Well, I, I think at the end of the day, they recruit well. Um, if you think about Mike and Rob, you know, years ago, Carl recruited him to come to BYU, and we all know the impact Carl's had on our game nationally here in the United States. And uh, they continue to, to build on that legacy, and, and, and Taylor and Ben and Jake, they're just another, another in a long line of BYU players we've had in this program, and uh, they're, they're they're keeping up the tradition for BYU success here, and we're, we're fortunate to have them. What kind of impact have the three BYU players that are currently doing work for you on the court had on the current state of USA Volleyball? Well, right now, Taylor's had the biggest impact. He's been with us now for four years, right? He came out in 2014, I believe, right, was his debut, so it's been a few years, and uh he obviously had an immediate impact. He came out and, and re- he was actually MVP of World League his very first year, which was uh, probably shocked the whole world, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and then, he, of course, he was a starter for us from then on out. We won the World Cup in 2015 and then took him to the Olympics and started, he started every match in the Olympic Games. So he's, he's had a, an immediate impact for us and he continues to really improve. Like, he's had a really great World League. And now, even though he's only been in the program for a few years, we, we lost a lot of guys that, that were longtime veterans, David Lee, Reed Pretty. These guys uh, have been with us for a long time. So we're, we're looking for some of these younger guys to provide leadership. So he's one of those guys that we've relied on to set a lot of balls over Worldly, and uh, he's done a, an amazing job. For uh, Ben and Jake, it's their first time getting their feet wet with us. And uh, Jake's done real well. Jake needs to, to get a little bit better passing the ball, so he hasn't started for us. 
but he's he's got a lot of potential. Obviously, he's a really big guy. He's, he's tall and as an outside hitter, you don't have always the six ten outside hitters. So that I think he could have a bright future for us. And then Ben has been starting for us, uh, earned the starting role during World League, and uh, has just improved at a dramatic rate. Uh, I've been really pleased with his uh, focus on learning, his open-minded. He's, he's one of these guys that's super coachable. Uh, so I, 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 he's been unbelievable. He's uh, gotten better and better in a short amount of time. and Single-handedly won us some big matches as we were trying to make the finals. So I think he's got a real bright future for us. Are you cool with Ben's hair, though? I love it. I mean, listen, <laughs> listen I, I, know I'm, I know I'm calling in and I'm not on TV here, but for those fans out there, I don't criticize anybody's hair because I think they're just lucky to have it. And, uh, that's, I, don't, I don't get into that. You, if you have it, you can do whatever you want with it. That's my policy. You mentioned Jake Langlois and uh, you know the needed improvement there. The fact that he's on Team USA is pretty crazy, and we've chronicled that yeah. you know on BYU TV the last couple of years. But the the late great Carl McGowan, when Jake Langlois was a freshman, I don't know if you've heard this story. Jake is on the far side, literally the dark side of the Smithfield house where the mm-hmm. scrubs hang out, you know, while the real players play on the other side. And he, yeah. and he says, if that kid can figure it out, he could play with Team USA. And, yeah. and, and here Jake is on the World League roster. I mean, it's, it's this incredible story, the fact that he's young and developing, and this is a younger kind of group you've mentioned. But the fact that he's with Team USA from like four years ago, walk-on, is unbelievable. It's yeah. I think it even the the story going further back of him not even playing high school volleyball, playing golf. Yeah, <laughs> now he's what? Here, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you hear about all the early commitments that young people are forced to make to particular sports these days, and uh, there's been a lot of talk about that about whether it's good or bad. But specialization is is a is a fact for a lot of young people today, and he's the the exact example of being a diverse athlete and how that can benefit you in the long run. And, uh, he, and because of that, he's still, his learning curve is still so high. I mean, he's, he's got so much room to grow and get stronger. And sometimes these 6'10 guys arrive and their physical peak is years down the road. It just takes them a long time for a, for a long, lean body like that to put on the muscle mass to hit the ball at the velocity that we need to be hit here. And, and so I, I think his, his upside is still tremendous. And I'm, he's such a great guy, too. I mean, gosh, I mean, he's... Great to work with. I think he's got I, – I just love working with him every day. I, I think it will be fun to have him in the gym over the next four years. John Sparrow, the head coach of the U.S. men's national volleyball team and the head coach of USA Volleyball with us on BYU Sports Nation. What is the biggest challenge for you and USA Volleyball as you try and make another push at that 2020 gold medal? Well, that's a good question. The biggest challenge is, uh, is the fact that the world is so good at our sport. Uh, the, the the top ten teams are all capable of beating one another. There's phenomenal athletes in lots and lots of countries around the world. It's it's different overseas. A lot of the guys that leave from BYU and they start their professional career, they're not doing it in the United States like basketball, football, and baseball. They're they're doing it in Europe and Asia and sometimes South America. And so it's it is truly an international game. And for us to to kind of, we always call it small margins. The margins are just so small between all the best teams. And so for us, it's about just getting better at about everything we do. I mean, and certainly at the next level, serving and passing continues to be the real focus. The guys hit the serve really hard, and they hit it in a lot. And passing that ball is really important. 
But it's just bigger, stronger, faster at this level, and so we got to be bigger, stronger, and faster. How much better of a coach are you now that you have uh, Mike Wall and Rob Nielsen around you to uh, support you? <laughs> yeah. Listen, if uh, somebody could ever compliment my coaching by saying that I, I hire well, that's all I need to hear. And, <laughs> you know, I think you need to – the most important thing, I always say the number, the number one thing you've got to do is hire a good number two. And I've had uh, several great number twos. They're all kind of number twos here, you know, Rob and Mike and Matt Furbringer uh, is actually the first guy that I hired here, and, and him and his wife just got hired at Long Beach State women's volleyball yesterday. It was announced, so we'll be losing we'll be losing uh, Maddie. But uh, so I don't know. Maybe I got to go find another Cougar to fill a spot here on my roster. There are a lot out uh, there, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that they've had a tremendous impact on the sport. So yeah, we've had a great staff. I think it's been really, really a, a huge impact on the guys. I think. The players here today are getting trained right, and they feel like they're getting taken care of. And I think the morale and the enthusiasm for, for how things are being run here is really hot. How much trash talk exists between the guys on the team when it comes to the universities they play for? A little bit, but you, you'd be surprised. It kind of diminishes a little bit. I, and certainly, I'm not afraid of throwing out an SC jab every once in a while. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, you know, it, there's a lot less of it than you might think. You know, sometimes around a football game, but it's usually via text messages because all the guys are overseas. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, the guys—they all—we're all Americans in this deal. So it, they all—they all, they all uh, gravitate toward that pretty quickly. BYU, uh, BYU's rivals Utah. They don't have men's volleyball, so it's typically been UCLA. And and my only issue with you, John, is that you've made UCLA likable <laughs> for me and BYU fans. I I want to hate UCLA, and I I cannot. Uh, no. Well, you know, I, I certainly understand the rivalry because for years and years uh, that we were two great programs. And I think back in the day, too, you had two iconic coaches who were very, very different people. Uh, you had Al Skates and Carl McGowan. And uh, they, they didn't really like each other very much because I think their personalities didn't jive. Um, and so you combine those two things, and it, it, it got heated over the years. Uh, but I, I think uh, – Certainly a lot of respect for me and uh, certainly all the Bruins that I know about what BYU has put together as a program and their body of work. And uh, I, I, have, I had a great relationship with Carl. Uh, you know, I, I was able to get to know him, especially when I was assisting Hugh McCutcheon, another Cougar, uh, when I was with the uh, Olympic team in 2007 and eight, And uh, so I got to know him. We were even roommates there for a little bit. So I actually think if you you, got, you really sat down and had a conversation about these two men who are, who are icons in our sport, they're actually way more similar than different. And that's probably why that rivalry was there. You know how that works. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I appreciate that, uh, you, you know, it's harder to uh, dislike UCLA. I, one of the reasons <laughs> I like UCLA, and I, I really feel that um, – I feel like the values of UCLA are me. I think UCLA is an institution that it's a public school. It's humble. There's a lot of real people there. There's no, there's very little elitism. There, there was actually uh, all these college rankings come out every once in a while, but UCLA has more lower and middle class socioeconomic status students than any university in America. 
and our ability to move people up the socioeconomic uh, ladder is, is number one in the country across all universities. And that, to me, was the best ranking stat I'd ever heard. Because I think UCLA, I think we are humble, we are real, we're, we're down to earth, and, and we, we have a blue collarness to us. And I think, uh, so I think we should be likable. <laughs> you know, I think we're real people, and we're working hard, and we're just trying to be great volleyball players and, and great people. And, and I think there's a lot of similarities between that and the values of BYU. Well, and that ad paid for by UCLA alumni John Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then right. your rivalry too, blue greater than red, right? That's darn right. You got that right. Yeah. We don't want to be red. All right. Except when we're wearing red, white, and blue. It's all <laughs> together. We'll finish with this, John. Uh, as the head coach of the Bruins, what do you expect the new look MPSF to be like in terms of competition? Seven teams now after the split, and then you add Grad Canyon and Concordia yeah. Irvine. It's very different. Yeah, it is very different. It's. I think it'll take a few years to kind of figure out how to schedule and what the what that's going to look like for people at the field house and the teams that are coming in. Um, yeah, I think it's going to. You still have what has historically been the stronger teams all together. So if you look at you know the last ten, fifteen years, and you look at the, the records and you total them up, I mean certainly the Irvine and Long Beaches and Hawaii's have all been really good. Northridge made a Final Four in, I think, 2010. Like, the Big West schools that are leaving certainly contributed to the strength of what was the MPSF. But if you look at the historical record, SC, Stanford, UCLA, BYU, Pepperdine, here you're talking about uh, some great, great volleyball programs who are going to continue to be great. And so I think the new-look MPSF is still going to be strong. It's going to be great volleyball. The fans in the field house are going to be loving it and rocking it and uh, cheering against those Bruins when we come into town trying to help us miss some serves. So uh, I think it's, it's still going to be a great product, and uh, BYU fans will be really happy with, with the change. John Spira, the head coach of the U.S. men's national volleyball team with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, good luck. USA against France July 4th in Brazil. Enjoy Independence Day, we hope, with the win. And uh, yeah. say hello to all five of the BYU guys for us. I certainly will. Thanks again for having me. John Sparrow on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We had, uh, you know, Lavelle Edwards, the coaching tree, featured on BYU Football Media Day. The coaching tree of Carl McGowan is extensive, and it continues to grow as the program's, you know, seeds are spread. And USA Volleyball, just another uh, piece of evidence here. Yeah, you look at football and volleyball compared side by side. They're different sports in terms of popularity, but... Carl McGowan Tree. Legends influence. Oh, absolutely right there. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we'll go between the lines of BYU track and field star Rory Linkletter. And wait till you hear our stat of the day. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live nationally on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. And we know you're watching a lot of you on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. That's right. Plus, uh, we've had so many responses to our Twitter questions today. We're going to do a Facebook Live coming up at 2 Eastern time. We're going to read more of those tweets and discuss uh, how long you want BYU to be a football independent. We're going to discuss that. So 2 Eastern, Facebook Live through BYU Sports Nation. We'll tweet out the link as well. Come hang out with us at 2 Eastern time. There are so many levels to the conversation, and wouldn't you know, ESPN releases an article about the next projected realignment in college football today. It just makes sense, people. Thanks, Neil Diamond. 
I love it. How long do you want BYU to be an independent college football team? Use the hashtag BYUSN. A bevy of tweets coming in. As Jerry mentioned, we'll do a Facebook Live just to address as many as we possibly can to Eastern Noon Mountain Time. And, of course, we'll get to uh, some more of your tweets while we have you for the next 27 minutes and change. But not before we refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Vegas Insider has released lines for five different BYU football games this season. BYU is an underdog in two of those five, including against LSU in early September. 13-and-a-half-point underdog against the Tigers. It's a big spread. What do you think, BYU fans? The Cougars at home against Utah. They've lost six in a row to the Utes. A three-point favorite over Utah in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, which I think is a pretty fair line. It's even, but home field generally garners a few points. And 10-point underdog for BYU against the Wisconsin Badgers who come out of the Big Ten. Five-and-a-half-point uh, five favorites against Boise State in Lavelle Edwards Stadium and on the road in Las Vegas. Can't leave at UNLV, right, when you're doing Vegas yeah. lines. 14-and-a-half-point favorite for BYU. College Football News projects BYU football will play New Mexico in the Arizona Bowl. If that's owned by ESPN, that's a possibility. <laughs> I you, believe it is. How do you feel about playing New Mexico, Jerem? Uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> Former BYU baseball player Jacob Brugman plays tonight with the Oakland A's. They take on the Houston Astros at 8 Eastern. The A's on a three-game win streak. Bruggy just had his first major league home run over the weekend. That's right, but I hope they lose. Go Mariners. Brennan Lund went two for four. I hope, uh, you know, Jacob Brugman has a great game. But uh, You hope yeah. the Astros lose, right? <sighs> no. I want the athletics. To, the Astros are not a threat. Because they're way ahead. Okay. Brendan Lund went two for five uh, with the run in an RBI yesterday in an Inland Empire 66ers loss to the Lancaster Jethawks. Wow. <gasps> Maverick Buff. Yep. There they are. Maverick Buffo pitched an inning yesterday in his first professional game, his debut. Struck out two for the Blue Jays Gulf Coast League team in a loss. The Jethawks is quickly becoming one of my favorite mascots all time. What is a Jethawk? It sounds you. amazing, right? Mm, sounds like a hawk. Speaking of amazing, talk about a year to remember for BYU men's and women's track and field. A program record, 15 different Cougars qualified for the NCAA track and field championships in Eugene, Oregon. Personal records, All-Americans, but one athlete in particular with sick flow, no less, made his mark. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Rory Linkletter made the biggest splash of all the tracksters, Spencer, with his second-place finish in the 10,000 meters. The Cougars' best finish in that race since the mustachioed Ed Eyestone won it in 1985. Lauren Frankham sits down with the blonde, or is it redheaded? He says blonde. Canadian. To discuss what he heard from his coach on the final lap to make the jump from 10th to 2nd, Bon Appetit! This is a segment we call Lunch with Lauren, and we are here with Rory Linkletter. He took second place in the national championships in the 10,000 meter. Pretty incredible. What's your favorite lunch food? I would say just a classic sandwich, like a turkey, cheese, whatever, you know? Just something. You are in luck, my friend, because we happen to bring a classic turkey and cheese sandwich for lunch. <laughs> you know Jill Van Mierlo, the gymnast? Yes. That's my girlfriend. Okay. She makes my sandwiches usually. Oh. It's a lot better than this. Oh. So what does she put on her sandwiches? The ingredients are pretty simple, probably actually the same as this. <laughs> it's just made with love. 
Yeah. I heard you guys are vying to be one of the power couples. Uh, we've Here been fighting for that position for about three years now, so. So what are you guys going to do to step up your game to become the next power couple here at BYU? Getting second at Nationals should help a little bit. Here's my idea. So you guys need to do some trick together and, like, put it on YouTube. Okay. You lift her up, she'll do, like, three backflips. Okay. Or she could lift and me up. you run. <laughs> that would <laughs> even, even be cooler. Better. What inspires you while you're on the track? I'm a really competitive person. I'll find anything to compete with. And running, there's never an end to the competitiveness. So even if you're winning every race, you're trying to beat yourself in a way. Is there a face you look for every time you run on the track? I wouldn't say as much a face as a voice. Um, I look for Coach Eyestone's voice for sure. For example, at Nationals, he said with 500 meters to go, as I was in ninth or 10th place, he just yelled, be great. And I just immediately just took off and it was, it was great. That just gave me the chills. What's the best thing to eat the day of a race? I don't have like a go-to. Before nationals, I had a peanut butter banana sandwich. I have a feeling you're going to be eating more peanut butter banana sandwiches. Uh, that might be, I might start superstitions. <laughs> I try to avoid them, but maybe it's worth the peanut butter banana sandwich ritual. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? I don't know what's going to be going on at that time, but I would like to see myself running post-collegiately, following the path of like Jared Ward, for yeah. example, mm -hmm. a BYU athlete that has had a lot of success after college. And that's kind of the dream is to find a way to make money just running, being a run bum. A run bum. That's what we call them. So would you rather compete in the pommel horse or be the starting point guard on the basketball team? Starting point guard, easily. Do you, do you play basketball? Are you basketball Growing player? up, I mean, who dreams of being a runner? I didn't. Basketball is still one of my favorite sports to watch, and that would be really fun to be really good at it. Your girlfriend might be a little disappointed that you picked point guard, but... I think she'll understand. Would you rather live on the West Coast or the East Coast? This is... So I love the mountains, and you don't have that on the East Coast. But if you told me right now, like, East Coast, West Coast, I'm going to say East Coast because I just want to explore that part of the world. It's completely different. I've visited areas out there, and I really like it. Would you rather dance or sing? Dance. I feel a little bit more confident that I will look less foolish dancing <laughs> than I will singing. So we're not really sure if you know the difference between your colors, so we're going to give you a few tests, okay? Okay, let's see it. And these are current BOU athletes. Okay. So you're going to tell me whether they are blonde or redhead, okay? Okay. Strawberry blonde, but I'm going to lean more towards red. One to ten, ten being complete ginger, I would say seven. One so to five is kind of the blonde blonde getting red, towards and red. More red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eight red. Eight, eight I'm going to say this is just red. Scale. Just red. Again, not the most extreme, but still okay. red. That's a blonde as can be. That's, good, good. that's a We just one. want to make sure. So we've thrown a few curveballs here. Yeah, there sure you go. Eight or nine. Yeah, that's pretty red. Okay, we got one more. Okay. Four. <laughs> Lunch with Lauren is easily a nine, 9.5 out of 10. Probably 10. Closer to 10. Closer to 9.5 or 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Rory Linkletter, listen, if he wants to be 4 out of 10 and be more towards the blonde end of that spectrum. As long as you, when you finish second in the 10K at the NCS, you're good. You can do that. Yeah. And when you hear your coach say, be great. Oh! 500 meters to go. He goes from 10th to 2nd after hearing his coach's voice. Who knew? Peanut butter and banana sandwiches. That is a great story. And your coach's voice, be great. Hey, everyone, everyone, within the sound of my voice, 
Be great. Yeah, that. That's let's the, do uh, it. Go from tenth to second in your life. Evokes the chicken let's skin, go. right? Hey, let's Woo! all be better. Yeah. Woo! Oh, I, that is fantastic. Great story. Best thing I've heard on this show all day. Hashtag BYUBTL between the lines. Bringing it. Thanks, Lauren, for uh, lunch with Lauren. Lunch with Lauren. Except we didn't get New any food, thing. so. Well, yeah, we got to work up, on that part. It ends up being all about us in the end, so we're like, <laughs> well, why weren't <laughs> You can watch the full interview on our Twitter page at BYUBTL or on YouTube. Give them a follow. Join us next week for Rock the Streets as an ROC. We'll find out how well students know their sports cliches. And we use a few sports cliches, Jerem. We take it one show at a time, Spencer. <laughs> Give it 110%. 110% every show. Yeah. Never overlook the next. We take what the defense gives us. Most important show is the next one. <laughs> On to the next one. How long do you want BYU football to be an independent college team? That is our Twitter question. A ton of response. We'll hear what one national writer thinks about independence and that it's working. Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spender Linton and Jerome Jordan live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you miss it or you want to go back and watch other BYU Sports Nations or anything else that's been on BYU TV or BYU Radio, there are apps. They are free. Download them today. Like today's show, for example, including the head coach of the U.S. national men's volleyball team, John Sparrow. Why is BYU and the five guys, three players, two coaches, collectively making such an impact on the current state of U.S. national volleyball? Really fun conversation. Because they're awesome. But you should still watch that interview. Yes. Yes, you should. Our Twitter question today, how long do you want BYU to be an independent college football team? A ton of response. And so much so that we are doing... A Facebook Live today at 2 Eastern, noon Mountain Time, to address more of your tweets and questions. That's on BYU Sports Nation's Facebook page. We love it. We love the response. Great response. At Tan Sperry tweets, and I love independence. What would make it better as annual games against Notre Dame during championship week? Oh, and beating Utah. Yes, of course, beating Utah is involved in that. One of those is realistic. And the Utes will move around on the schedule in the upcoming years. Yes, they will. End of the very beginning or and the beginning of the season. Yeah, which is really fun. Stuart Mandel, writer for Fox Sports, produced four classifications of Power Five teams. He put them into those four classes, calling them kings, barons, knights, and peasants. He included BYU as one of the Power Five teams and named the Cougars in the knight category as an independent. Is being a knight good enough? as an independent in that Power 5 conversation. Was it a Lone Peak night? Hashtag world class? Like, what kind of night are we talking about? It just spawned a further conversation. Where does BYU fit in? Is independence really working right now for you as a fan and for BYU as a program? Pete Futak, USA Today Sports, College Football News, said the following. Speaking of BYU's independent situation, BYU is a bit stickier. The Big 12 needs the Cougars, but can't seem to make a call to get it done. The Pac-12 doesn't really want them, 
and the Mountain West would take a massive step forward with BYU. But for now, life as an independent is working. It'll work out even better if BYU can start out at least 6-1. and one. Oh, is that it? Whoa! That's it, Pete? 6-1? and one, That'll do it? 5-2? and two? <laughs> Man, I would take 5-2 and two in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? If BYU can survive LSU, Utah, Wisconsin, Boise State, and Mississippi State, it's a huge if, with just one loss, and own the back half of the season, how do you leave BYU out of the college football playoff? Okay, get that. No, no, no. We do not mention the What playoff. in the world? Okay, Come on. I'm going to go. Okay, so let's blue go back. Goggles? To, Did we mail him some blue goggles? What let's happened? Let's go back to the first thing. Independence is working because that's what really caught my attendance, uh, attention, really, is independence to this one national guy is working. Throw in the Stuart Mandel thing where BYU is included as a power five and not in that lowest classification. Okay. They generally are. Maybe, yeah. maybe there is something there. BYU is certainly unique, but is independence working? How do you define what working even means? I guess that start out. We always talk about relevance, right? Is okay. Relevant. Okay. I think having a contract with ESPN is relevant. Yes. I think winning at least eight games a year is nice. I Going think, to bowl games. I think, yeah, that's not hard anymore. It used to be hard. That's not hard. Um, going to a bowl game is not something you brag about. If someone brags about going to a bowl game, their school name is probably UNLV. Like, you stink if you're bragging about going to a bowl game. If you're going to a string of bowl games consecutively, like BYU's on, that's different to me. I, I think getting ranked is something that's really important. BYU's not been ranked it's the after ultimate like three in a while. Measure right? of relevance as an independent, right? Yes. We talk about conference championships having value. BYU didn't play for one, so that's out of the window. Um, I think winning, you know, winning and being ranked and being on TV and all these things, all these things matter. To me, some matter more than others, but I think those all matter. BYU has had success with facility upgrades during its independent state of college football. And the reason we bring up college football is because that's the king. That's the moneymaker, right? That what, you don't have to ask that question. That's what garners, Just that's say it, what matter garners of the most money and attention. You're, wait, you're suggesting that football makes more than women's soccer? <laughs> The YMCA, the BYU Marriott Center Annex, the Marriott Center upgrades with all soft, cushioned seats, blue in the lower bowl, the new scoreboard, the volleyball court in the Smithfield House redone. South Field has been renovated for women's soccer. New Amen. turf in the indoor practice facility. The baseball field underway after several yeah, donations. World War Three over at Miller Park right now. There are really nice upgrades happening while BYU football is independent. So, in that light, okay, yeah, it, it's, it seems like that part of it is working, right? Remember Athletic Director Tom Homo put out a uh, kind of post-Big 12 announcement uh, piece about, you know, hey, we want to compete at the highest level and, you know, called for – uh, financial support. I think BYU is getting the. It's safe to say BYU is getting the financial support to continue to renovate and compete in facilities, which is a great thing. Now, in defense of Pete Futek and his, if they go eleven and one, how do you leave them out? He said, "No, it's not likely to happen." His point was that if BYU or Notre Dame had a schedule like that and a record like that, then they would have to be considered. If right? is the biggest, smallest word ever. <laughs> 
for BYU. Ever. Harder games, which they have consistently scheduled in Independence. And so some people look at that as, well, we're getting good games, so Independence is working because we're getting good games. Yeah, I, I think BYU fans celebrate the schedule more than they celebrate the actual games played. I think the most relevant thing is your record. Winning. I think winning is the most important thing in sports. I think you need to win. You, at BYU, try and win the right way, but ultimately winning gets you relevant or not. But being ex- uh, having exposure on TV matters a lot to BYU football, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the last six seasons, BYU football has been nationally televised in 59 games, fourth most in the West, 16th nationally. That's fantastic. To be seen is really important. In fact, a big reason BYU went independent in the first place was to be seen. Was to be seen. And luckily, technology has evolved to the point where you can be seen. And honestly, even if you're not on ESPN, you can still be seen nationally. The technology is evolving. Twitter, Facebook, we'll see who else gets in the game. Yahoo, whatever. Amazon's getting in the game with the NFL. The technology is evolving where it's becoming easier to be seen. Okay, some facts for you. When you schedule more difficult opponents, <laughs> that generally will bring the number of overall wins down in an individual season. Yeah, BYU's kind of an eight-and-a-half win program at this point, the last uh, four or five Whereas years. Whereas in the Mountain right? West, what they came from was around 10. They were getting wins. nine to okay. ten there for a while. They, were getting, they got 10-plus four years in a row, which had never happened. You drop a game. Not, you drop a game. BYU hasn't happened. had a 10-win season since 2011. So, is independence working? It depends on how you look at it, right? I feel like we need to discuss that tomorrow. Man, the Boise State model against BYU seeking for something with an even higher ceiling. I think BYU is independent to be on ESPN. And is 2018 the year for BYU to do that with the Boise State model? Oh, tomorrow we got to discuss it. Woo! Stay with us. Cougar Rip Round up next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, John Sparrow, Lauren Franklin with Between the Lines, Rory Linkletter involved in that as well. He's a 4 out of 10 on that uh, scale of blonde to False. red hair. False, that's red hair. Right. Come on, man. <laughs> More towards the blonde end of the spectrum. <laughs> hey, what do we have coming up this week? BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead. We'll discuss his number four recruiting class and uh, look forward to the post-Patch and Langlois era BYU men's volleyball, not to mention what his guys are doing in the World League competition. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Vegas Insider releases lines for five BYU football games this season. BYU is a 13.5-point dog versus LSU, three-point favorite versus Utah, 10-point dog versus Wisconsin, five-and-a-half-point favorite versus the Broncos, of Boise State, and a 14.5-point favorite versus UNLV. And more football. College football news projecting BYU will play New Mexico in the Arizona Bowl. Man, that sounds exciting. Cougars in the major leagues. Former BYU baseball player Jacob Brugman plays tonight. It's better being in the New Mexico Bowl. With the Oakland A's as they face the Houston Astros at 8 Eastern. I've been there and done that. The A's have a three-game win streak. Swimming and diving. Just uh, laying it on thick, aren't you? I've been throwing some uh, jabs at UNLV today, haven't I? <laughs> Where are we now? <laughs> We're on swim and dive. Swim and dive. BYU You've never been lost Peyton before. <laughs> you need a compass. You'll compete in the world championships, speaking of Peyton Sorensen.
today in Indiana in the 50 freestyle. Good luck, Peyton. Finals take place on Saturday. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lund with two for five with a run in an RBI yesterday and an Inland Empire 66ers lost to the Lancaster Jethawks. Jet Jethawks. That's a real thing. I love minor league baseball. This is what the Founding Fathers uh, fought the Revolutionary War for, for those minor league baseball team names. Maverick Buffalo pitched one inning yesterday in his first professional game, his debut. Struck out two for the Blue Jays Gulf Coast League team. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it today, Jerem? To the BYU forefathers, namely Tom Homo, for going into independence boldly and nobly. Do we still have the independence music? With uh, Probably. Is it on the board somewhere? If you can find it, please put yes. Next week is the real Independence Day where people actually died <laughs> as opposed to this Independence We'll we'll celebrate that honorably next week, but this is BYU football industry. How long do you – keep it rolling until the end of the show. How long do you want BYU to be an independent college football (laughs) team? How long's the song? At Educator Jones, BYU already has Power 5 status. This is the elite tweet of the day. For BYU, it's more like Power 5.1. Staying independent, we get to play a great schedule and avoid the politics. There have been a ton of great answers to this. We are doing a Facebook Live at 2 Eastern time on BYU Sports Nation's Facebook. You can't take us seriously with the, this music, <laughs> and that is the point. We will read more of your tweets and discuss. Uh, Mr. Are we going the distance? 94 says, until a Power 5 invite. With the ESPN contract and the scheduling success that BYU's had, any other conference is a step backwards. That's the perception, right? Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com. Big thanks to John Spira, Team USA Volleyball Coach. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Hal Neighbors. I'll let you borrow stuff. BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. We'll see you at 2 today.